We are now 24 hours away from BC's loss to Virginia Tech. And we're going to look at some of the takeaways. What can you kind of glean from a loss like this? And where does BC go from here? Get into that and all that more on today's Locked On BC. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on Boston College. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm your host, AJ Black. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. All right. We're now 24 hours away uh, past the, the loss in Virginia, the loss to uh, the Virginia Tech Hokies, a. Um, a bad loss. There's no way to, to go, get around this. This was one of the worst losses I think BC's had in a long time. Just the, just the way the team looked was tough to watch. You know, the offensive line um, we'll get to in a second clearly was the biggest issue, but we're going to get into today. Three takeaways. What are some things that we can kind of glean from this game? It's not going to be all positives. I'm going to tell you some of that right off the bat from this game moving forward and how does it impact the rest of the season? Like what, what are the, what are the, uh, the, the possibilities for BC moving forward? We'll get into all that on today's show. So the first uh, takeaway that offensive line, I mean, I, I don't know how else you, you can talk about anything else, but this offensive line because it impacts everything. I think I saw a stat and I don't have it right in front of me right now. Cause I don't like to do a ton of stats on this show that BC's got has like 16 rushing yards. I think total and something like that. Some obscenely low number. They are dead last in the country in rushing yards. Dead last that that's bad. That is really bad. And that is just like a key uh, indicator of how dysfunctional this offensive line is. It's just like, they can't do anything. Pat Garo is just getting handed the ball. He's getting hit right off the bat. And, you know, Dracovic is trying to do a few things. I feel like the, the only rushes they're getting is from Zay Flowers and, and a few from Dracovic where the, the standard, you know, typical, you know, draws or off tackle type of plays are getting nothing. They're getting less than nothing. It seems like they're getting minus yards on most of those plays. So that part's a major issue with the offensive line. And then Dracovic got sacked five times and it seemed like he got hit roughly 3,545 times. Not, not really, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like it just seemed like every time he went back, he got hit, he got back, he got hit, he got back, he got hit. And that was tough to watch. And, you know, this is, this is scary because Boston college is known. I mean, like what's, what do people joke about that? We're O-line university. We're, I mean, clearly we're not. There's teams like Notre Dame, Alabama that have, much richer heritages, but BC's got a nice one too. They're they're they've got some you know a long history. This is and through the this is only a two game sample, the worst offensive line I've ever seen at Boston College, and I've been following this team for a long time. It just don't look like they have any clue what they're doing. And if you look at the Pro Football Focus numbers, um, and I have those numbers up on Eagle Insider for our VIP members. You can see who the issues are. And it's not, it's not just, 
it, it's everybody, but to an extent, there's some bigger issues going on. Now on Saturday's game, Ozzy Trapillo, who is probably their best offensive lineman up to, you know, in the Rutgers game was out with an injury and halfway says he hopes he'll be back this weekend. We'll have to wait to see what that means. Uh, but he was out. They lost who was okay, but not great. Uh, and then when they replaced him, they replaced him with Nick Thomas, who had no business being on the field. He just got absolutely uh, destroyed by some really good Virginia Tech defenders. And they, they, they slowed it down on, on, on the replays, but there was one play where it was, he, he was, it was Thomas one-on-one with a, with an edge defender on Virginia Tech. And I don't have the name in front of me. He just, he looked like he was on ice skates. The guy shoved him once and, and Thomas just barreled over. And then every play after that, it's just going right over to, 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 um, to Jakovic. So I don't want to blame any one player. Cause it's a, it's a systemic thing at this point. What do they do to fix this? What, where do they go from here? How do you, how do you get this offensive line going so that you can get any sort of run game going? How do you, and not have Jakovic getting killed. That's a big, big, big issue. And the scary part about this is they had the first two games against Virginia tech and Rutgers, two teams that you before the season were like, ah, eh, they could win those games. You look ahead at what defensive line BC has coming up on their schedule. That offensive line has to make a jump fast, very fast, because I'm thinking when I'm looking at this, you know, you have your, you have your uh, Notre Dame's, Clemson's, Florida State's, Louisville, Syracuse, you name it. You know, they only have a few more teams left, like UConn. Even they're not a, a gimme. And Maine and, and Duke is playing well. Where are the wins going to come if the offensive line doesn't take that big jump? They have to play better. This is this is not an if, and, or buts. And so on sat, on Sunday's media availability, Halfley talked about that. Uh, Andy Backstrom of Rivals asked him, you know, what are you going to do? Like, how do you fix this? How, like, what are some, you know, and you can't just say coach him up because that's, if you ask the coaches, sometimes that's what they'll say. And you got to push him a little bit there. And, and Baxter did a nice job of, of, of pushing him. And he said, you know, the quote was something on the line of, you know, that they were going to have to kind of look and see what each guy does well and, and try to go from there. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's important. He said, oh, here's the exact quote. Sorry. Systematically, we got to figure out what they can do and handle so that they can execute at a high level. And then there's some things we talked about this morning that you'll see next week where we just don't ask them to do so much. I think that's that. I think Catholic kind of nails it there, right? You know, the, the seeing what they have to do, what they do and can't do is, is a whole other story. I know some folks are upset that he doesn't know that, but it is what it is. But simplifying things. Get down to the brass tacks of what an offensive lineman can and can't do. Like figure out like the simplest way to teach it to these guys right off the bat. Don't get into the fancy smear, like the zone blocks or whatever, whatever it is that's tripping these guys up. Just show them how to be simple and have Googs go out there and teach them the simplic simplistic way of doing this and see if that works because you have Maine next week. And yes, I know some folks out there going, Oh, Maine's not a gimme anymore. It's it's they'll be okay. I'm telling you, they'll be okay. Um, but that's a perfect way to to get that your feet wet with this. Go out there, try these new things. And he's not going to tell you what they are because he doesn't want to give them a message. 
which is scary even saying that that's something you have to think about. But that's where you start. That You've got to have a, a first start there because the week after that is Florida State. And as I said on yesterday's show with Mitch Wolf, um, which if you have not checked it out already, it's only up on YouTube. It's an instant game reaction after the game. Uh, you have to go to youtube.com and find um, Locked On BC and hit subscribe. And it's right there. You can listen to Mitch and I talk about the game. But we were saying, you know, they've got they've got a very good defensive line too. And BC is going to have two, now has two weeks to kind of figure out. But it's scary. There's no way around this, folks. This offensive line is a mess. And yeah, acting because it's only two games. But what have what have what have we seen so far? What have they shown that says that this is something that's fixable? That this is something that the staff is able to fix. Okay. So I look at this and I say it'll be an issue all year long. And this week, this weekend's game just proved it to me. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk about Dracovic because he's another polarizing figure from last week. I'll give you a little bit about my thoughts about his performance and what my thoughts are about where his season could go. Now, earlier, I just mentioned uh, our friends over at Underdog. This is a great, I mean, I love Underdog this weekend for some of the, um, my pickums. Um, I was doing uh, daily, um, you know, picking different players I had. Uh, it's in Miami game. I also picked some for the uh, I got Justin Jefferson for his score. You picked basically the over uh, over under on, on player stats. And I want to tell you about the easiest, most fun way to spice it up. You just look at their look at your favorite team, like the you know Boston College. If you're outside of the state, you could pick whether you think they'll end up with higher or low that number in the week's game. Basically, find Pat Garwo's numbers and pick under it, and you can win up to twenty times your single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. I, I'm telling you, I just picked this up and I played it in about two minutes. It was so easy, fun, and it's it, it's it's good. I love it. Pick between two and five players for your pick'em slip. Get all your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Sign up with promo code Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, $100 free, you ain't going to beat that. You got to check it out. So go to Underdog Fantasy and promo code locked on. All right. So the other person that we're going to talk about in terms of our takeaways from this game is quarterback Phil Dracovic. Now, there, I'm not going to get into the statistics of what he did based off, more based off of, I mean, just watching and, and seeing how he presented himself on the field. And the body language of what he did was more than any stat can show. So the game starts. Djokovic tries to thread a, a pass he should have never thrown to Jaden Williams, who was not even, he, I think it would have been an illegal touch if Jaden Williams even caught it. Um, and he throws an interception. From there, Djokovic pressed for the, for, for the next quarter and a half, just pressing, 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 trying to throw things that weren't there, really, you know, trying to do too much. And, you know, on top of that, he's getting hit, 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 hit. As I said, the offensive line is doing him no favors. He's getting put on his butt over and over again. And it was, you could see it. You could see it wearing on Dracovic. You could see that he was like, you know, not happy with the players around him. He was barking at everybody. And it, it was just not a good sight. And then finally, he kind of figured things out in the second end of the second quarter into the third quarter. Had about another good quarter before things kind of unraveled again. It was not a good outing for him. 
it wasn't a lot of his fault though, because he was just getting killed, but there were times he definitely should have done. He should have had, you know, quicker reads or, um, you know, just made a better throw and he just didn't do it. Right. I, I can think of specifically, there's a pass to Jalen Gill and he just missed him and he overthrew it. And Gill was right there. He could have hit him uh, for a nice pass. But when you're getting hit that much, you start to get the jitters and I get it. And a guy like Jakovic, he is a fierce competitor out there. He wants to win. He wants to do the best that he can. And I, I get the sense that he wants to be the leader to do it. So when the rest of his team is not able, you know, Garwo is not effective because of the line and the offensive line on left and right. It seems to me that he puts it on his own shoulders to go out there and do it himself. That he has to go out there and win the game himself. And that's when things start to fall apart. That's when the offensive scheme starts to fall apart. They, it turns more into hero ball, uh, which is more of a bad. It's, it seems to work here as well, where he just is just hawking, hawking, hawking. Um, and not really following the schemes and and, um, system that McNulty has put in place for him. So Halfley talked about him as well on Sunday and talked about um, his frustration level. He says, I mean, you'd like to have him reel it back, but sometimes it's pretty hard when you're getting hit. It's just being honest with you. He's a competitor and he wants to win. He keeps getting up and he keeps getting back in there and competing. I'd love for everyone to keep a smile on their face and keep moving forward, but I don't think at times that's the way the world works. I mean, that's that's right, right there, right? It, it, this season's going to be interesting. As I said in the first segment, it all goes as far as the offensive line goes. And if there are games like last week, or this week, excuse me, where, I mean, it was last week too, but Jakovic is getting killed out there. I think at times, and he he's pressing and, pre- and he's getting hit, it might make more sense to put Emmett Moorhead in at times. And it's not because I want to see Emmett Moorhead and what he can do. It's because I don't want to see Phil Jakovic get hurt again. And he, I think he almost is an enemy in that ca- in that case. Like, this is a guy that just cannot, like, he just he doesn't want to go down, and he will just keep getting back up, just like what Halfley said, right? So I, I wouldn't mind seeing Moorhead more if, uh, not because Jakovic's bad or any of that sense, just to save him for himself, save him from the, himself in those moments where he's just trying and pressing and pressing. And that 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 kind of piece, I think, is uh, is so crucial. And, you know, I think this is another piece where Halfley and, and McNulty need to work with him on and, and and fit the scheme to what he can do, because I don't see Dracovic getting the ball out as quickly as I, I think you'd like to see this a lot of times where he's reading and it goes on for so long. And, you know, when you're a quarterback getting hit the way he's getting hit. You want to get rid of that ball as fast as you can. And I'm almost to the point where I want to see him. I want to see him, um, you know, just get, get it out to the first read. Like just, if you don't see it, just get, get rid of the ball, just get rid of it. Otherwise he's going to get planted over and over again. And you know that, I think that's where he's, where we're at until that offensive line figure. Um, and so, you know, with, with Jakovic, it, it was a rough outing, but, Again, I, I think moving forward, the big the big worry for me is him getting hurt. Like you saw it, like he's just going down on his shoulder, down on his shoulder. And it's just like, when is he not going to get up? And we've seen him get hurt so many times. And I'm sure he's already dinged up, but he's, he's working through it. That's a major issue moving forward. And his health is going to be something I think is going that's going to be another key for the rest of the season. It's one of my takeaways for the remainder of 2022. 
Now, in a moment, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball because I am really, um, I, this is a group I was, I was impressed with. And I think there's a lot to take away from in terms of positives. And I'll explain why in just a moment. So, As you gear up into the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your businesses fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond with the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. This is Locked On BC. AJ Black here. Uh, if you're listening to this on YouTube, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're doing extra episodes. I said, as I said earlier, we had an extra episode on Saturday with Mitch Wolf only on YouTube. So if you and if you're on a a, a a podcast platform right now, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel too, so you can get in on that. Um, and you, it, the great part of YouTube is you can see other commenters. You can see the Rutgers fans that seem to can't quit me. They're still commenting on everything I post, and I love them for that because I'll take clicks no matter how I get it. Um, but you'll get all of that here on Locked On BC only on YouTube. So check that out. Now, I I loved the defense. This is what we're talking about for our final segment. I loved the play of BC's defense, and I know this is Pat Garwell getting hit. I am not going to find another picture for this. Uh, the defense, if you look at how the defense played, you can kind of break it down. Yeah, they let up 27 points. That's probably not the best thing. And their tackling at times was not great. But they, were t- it, they let up seven points on a short field again. You look at that game, that, um, you know, Jakovic's interception at the very beginning of the game. I think they got the ball on the 12-yard line. That That's similar to what happened last week against Rutgers. They just gave up a short field. You let up seven points there. You also let up a touchdown on a, on a play. You just have to tip your cap on that touchdown pass. Uh, the pass actually was like a 50 yard pass um, that was uh, threaded. And I, th- I forget the name of the wide receiver for Virginia tech, but Elijah Jones was in coverage. That pass was perfect. And there's nothing you can do, but tip your hat on that, that, that led to a touchdown. And then there was a perfectly uh, blocked run by Keyshawn King. So the three touchdowns, Two of them were on just on excellent execution by the offense. And one was on a short field and then a couple of, of um, a couple of field goals. And that was it. Now I, I thought the team did great in terms of their aggressiveness. I thought the linebackers played much better than they did against Rutgers. They, they were much more confident in what they were doing, uh, attacking to the ball. And, and if you look at the drive summary, and I talked about this with Mitch on Saturday, there were so many drives that Virginia Tech made that just ended quick because BC's defense got the, get the, got them off the field. And, you know, I, there were different players that I think stepping up than last week. So against Rutgers, it was uh, Donovan Nazaraku who had a big game. Against um, against Virginia Tech, there was a couple. There was Nito Ekpala who had a big game. Cam Arnold 
had a decent game. Um, and you saw the tackles. I saw Isaiah Henderson in there having a decent game. Chris Banks, who was not playing before, have a good game. Uh, so up, they played much better. And what I don't want to see happen, and this is a takeaway that we're going to use moving forward, is I don't want to see what happened in 2015, 2021 happen to this team where BC has, you know, some really good defensive plays that gets wiped out by no offense. And then the defense just tries to hold on and hold on and hold on. And then eventually they, they let up enough points that BC's offense can't, can't uh, cover that. Right. I feel like that is where this team is heading right now. And I worry about that because it's now two straight games where that defense has had to stay out there and try to stop things because the offense can't stay out there long enough. And there's only so much they can do. I mean, it was that first drive, I think, in the second half. BC's defensive end, uh, defensive line made a nice stop, and I forget exactly who the play was. But they showed up to Cam Horsley and, and another defensive lineman, and they're already sucking wind. And they, they ended up doing fine for the rest of the, the, the quarter and they were okay. But you could just tell that, that, that kind of mentality where they have to keep going out there and they don't get the rest that they need in between drives can wear on a defense. And when you play a better, more well-rounded um, team that can throw the ball and that those teams are going to take advantage of that, you know, Rutgers has a good running offense. Uh, they're showing that they've had a good running offense. Virginia Tech, I, I mean, I wasn't really all that impressed, but they they scored some points. Think about when you play. I don't even. I mean, just even look at Florida State with Jordan Travis if he's healthy enough to play, or even Syracuse with Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader who are playing out of their minds right now. Or Louisville. I mean, there's some good offenses that are going to come through uh, their schedule that I think we're going to test them. And what my biggest concern and my takeaway about this is I think the defense will be fine, but if they're asked to do too much, which I think, again, goes back to that offensive line, I think that's going to cause some issues for the defense down the future. Like they're just going to get worn down and that's going to happen. Okay. So that's my three takeaways from this game. I, I said it was not going to be pleasant, but those are my three. My three. Also, Danny Longman, great punting out there, seventy-six shot punter, um, and I, I got a great tweet about that. About um, someone saying Danny, uh, that was long man or something like that. Yeah, I love that. It was a Georgia Tech writer who who gave that. Um, and before I go, I want to say uh, the Ram Horn of Haiti, the chauffeur. He's always in there commenting, and I want to give a shout-out to this uh, comment that he said. Damn poor AJ. We all have to go through this as fans and former alumnus. This is AJ's job. Stay strictly, stay strictly, brother. Hopefully Halfley figures things out, man. I think that's what all fans are hoping for right now, and, um, you know, we're, it's on to Maine, and we'll we'll have a little bit more recap and, and everything in between on tomorrow's show. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. And if you're listening to this podcast on YouTube, slam that subscribe button. Hit the comment section as well. Love hearing from all of you out there um, about your thoughts on BC football. From uh, This is AJ Black. Again, we're the only podcast that does this every single day. Um, it's, a, it's a labor of love for all of you. I love doing this, um, and I will continue doing this even as – the team struggles you'll get a daily podcast from me gonna get basketball season going too so there'll be some optimism coming up soon so uh for uh so on tuesday make sure to check in uh we'll be back see you soon